Hey, this is Todd Adams. This is Kathy Adams. Welcome back to Zen Parenting Radio. We're rolling. And this is uh, podcast number 267. Why listen to Zen Parenting Radio? Because you'll feel outstanding. Outstanding. And who doesn't want to feel outstanding? On today's show, oh no, our motto, the best predictor of a child's well-being is a parent's self-understanding. And that lends itself directly to what we're talking about in today's show, which is not protecting your identity because that's something we're talking about in Zen finance. Right. Protect, when you say protecting your identity, it sounds like identity theft. Right. And that's not what we're talking about. No. We're talking about understanding your identity, how it evolves, how other people's identity evolves, how our identities can be challenging to understand when we're little and that we as parents have to not only understand ourselves and our own identity, but um, give our kids the space to create their own. So that's what we're going to, that's going to be the main topic. Uh, but we have some housekeeping notes. The first thing. Housekeeping, I'm telling you, it sounds boring. You're boring. No, I am exciting. Um, the first thing is, uh, aside from our three amazing partners, Tree of Life Chiropractic Care, Dr. Kel- Dr. John Kelly Dentistry, and Avid Company, this show is brought to you by the movie Airplane. Oh, boy. You ready? I guess. Line one, number one. How soon can you land? I can't tell. You can tell me I'm a doctor. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm just not sure. Or can't you take a guess? Well, not for another two hours. You can't take a guess for another two hours? <laughs> That's one of the best movie lines of all time. You know why this movie is so ingrained in us? Because it's awesome. Because we saw it when we were young. Yeah. And so it's all so like, it's like permeated every oh, aspect it, it, of who we are. It has an imprint in our Yes, it being. has an imprint. And then when you watch it, as an adult, you realize how many jokes you didn't get at all right? and how some it's inappro- even funnier. Yeah, and some inappropriate nice probably for a seven-year-old or however old I was. And you know what's helpful to me, though, is that when my kids hear things, see things, you know, watch a show, they're not getting it all either. And I think we have well, to remember and, that. And even if they are, it's not doing irreversible damage. Right. I saw Animal House when I was seven years old. I know. We know these things. But uh, I, I don't think we're going to do that. Um, no. We're not going to show them Animal House or Porky's. Or Porky's. That was just a bad movie. At least Animal House was a good movie. It, the, true. But it was for college kids or high school. And 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 older. And older. Um, so we are going to um, first bring up two things that we have coming up in the next eight days. Yes. What's the first thing? So the first thing is today. If yep. you're listening to this podcast on November 10th, which is when it's released, tonight we are doing a talk at Fitz's Spare Keys in Elmhurst downstairs. It's a bar. A bar restaurant and you go downstairs and the talk is talking to your kids about sex. And I know I've had a lot of people come up to me in town and ask questions about it. And, um, you know, they, they're confused. People are confused and they think they're like, am I doing this right? Am you know, what do you think about this? What do you think about this? This is the whole point of this talk is of course, Todd and I are going to have some things to share with you that are more like us speaking to them um, or speaking to you, but I'm hoping you come with questions because let's work this through. This isn't like a, okay, I listened to a talk, I got it. This is a discussion for adults, so then we can be prepared for our discussion with our children. And one obvious question that I hope gets asked, because this is something that I am sometimes challenged by, is how do you bring it up? Right. And these are the things that we will discuss. Right. When, what what age, um, how do I process my own insecurities or my own uh, challenges with this topic? Like that New York Times thing that you just sent to me. Yes. It had some, you know, you want to talk about things that are relevant today. 
Yes. Relevant topics like Dr. Duffy was on here and he talked to when, when his son was about that age, he would talk about the movie, uh, the show Friends. Right. And that was the introduction to a lot of serious t- As topics. As have we. Right. I've, I've had that come up many times, mm-hmm. um, you know, watching Friends or watching Seinfeld. Right. You know, like, oh, that doesn't make sense to me or what's happening here. And it creates a discussion. Yeah. Um, so that is tonight, uh, November 10th, uh, Fitz's Spare Keys. Uh, register online, zenparentingradio.com events. Register ahead of time so we know who is going to be there. We yeah. appreciate that. Um, but if you decide last minute, you can come, show up. Just show. Uh, yeah, just do it. Um, the other thing is, is a week from Wednesday, which is November 18th. And just so everybody knows, this is today, because a lot of people listen to this podcast after, today is November 10th, The day this podcast is released, so yeah. Just so you know. Um, so November 18th, we are doing our screening of The Hunting Ground, which is about campus sexual assault, but really... It's about a lot more than that. It's a continuation of sex education. So we have an understanding of what's going on. So then we can talk to our kids about it. Do not wait until your child is leaving for college or until your child is going into high school or becoming a teenager to have these kind of discussions. These, this talk that Todd and I are doing tonight at Fitz's is very connected to the hunting ground. Um, so please get your tickets for that movie. Um, it's at York Theater here in Elmhurst. Sweetie, did you know that one in five women in college is sexually assaulted? I do. I do. And only a fraction of those crimes are ever reported. And that's the thing. That's what one we're in five about. is low. Right. Um, and part of this is because we don't know how to have this discussion without people getting angry and defensive. Yeah. And that's what Todd and I are trying to – we're trying to – he and I, woman, man, we're trying to talk to women and men about how to come together yeah. about this rather than women are Blame. against men right. or men are against women. Let's do this together. Yeah. Um, so come to that screening. Um, I think you. We've seen the. I've seen the movie twice. You. It is well worth your money. Mm-hmm. This movie is very interesting, very well done, um, and you will come away with a lot of information and feel more empowered. Yep. Uh, so go to zenparentingradio.com events and you can get your tickets there. So our first partner is Dr. Kelly from the Tree of Life Chiropractic Care. She's doing the Women, Wine, and Wellness this Thursday, November 12th. For more information, go to uh, chirotree.com. Uh, it's going to be a fun evening, so please uh, consider that. So, And then uh, don't forget about this. Maybe we ought to turn on the searchlights now. just what they'll be expecting us to do. <laughs> it's so great. <laughs> oh, what's that guy's name? Robert Mitchum? Robert Stack? Stack, yeah. You know why Stack. this movie was also funny that we couldn't relate to when we were kids is a lot of the actors in the movie are serious actors. Yes. I think it was one of Leslie Nielsen. First. No, no I know. I think you're police. right. Police uh, from the police squad. Whatever. Yeah, police squad. He, I think he was but, doing that but show. But he was a serious actor he for a was. long time. And if you ever watch one of those movies with Lex- Leslie Nielsen, when he wasn't funny, it just seems weird that he's not making jokes. You think that he's about to crack a joke, yeah. and Lloyd Bridges is in it, yeah. and you know there's some serious actors who are doing some funny work. What about so. the guy who said this? Leon's getting larger. I know who that is. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't know the. actor. I don't know but... the actor, but what's his name in that movie? I don't know, but he was. Oh, we know. I don't remember. I do. I don't. Don't. Um, okay. So let's move on. Okay. Johnny. Identity. It's Johnny. It's not Johnny, is it? It's Johnny. Be good, 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 Johnny. That's, Who sings that song? That's men at work. Where they work. <laughs> that's from Footloose. We just did a movie about a movie line. We just did a movie line about a movie. You guys remember 
when what's his name? Ren. Ren and Ren McCormick and Willard yeah. are in the car. Yeah. And they're having like the back and forth. You you don't see them. It's just the cameras on the car. And because he's driving his VW Bug. And so they're like having a conversation about music because, of course, Willard knows nothing because nothing, dancing is against the law. Yeah. Because, you know, that helps. That'll help a lot. That helps. <laughs> and they have, he says, you know men at work? Where they work. <laughs> okay. What All about right. the, what does he say? What about the police? They're right behind you. Yeah, they're right behind you. Oh, um, no. Oh, no. All right. Um, okay. So identity. Yep. Okay. So here's what here's what we want to talk about with identity. This is about having. This is definitely connected to um, the you know your child's wellness is connected to your own self understanding because if you have an understanding about how your identity is shaped and how sometimes we're misinformed about what our identity means and how we can sometimes get offended by people because we think they're stealing from us right. in some way. And again, I'm not talking about money. I'm talking about stealing parts of who we are. Okay. And even though we can have a um we can be mature and be like, "Oh no, that's not true." Sometimes we still have the feelings. And I'll give you an example from a child perspective and I'll give you an example from an adult perspective. Um a very simple one. There's this program in town called Reflections, and mm. I think it's uh, statewide, maybe nationwide, and it's where you um, do something that is considered artistic. Okay. Maybe you write something, maybe you do a dance, maybe you, you know, do a poem, maybe you draw a picture, and then it's entered into this, you know, contest, and the PTA sponsors it. Anyway, um, my middle daughter, she likes to write poetry. And last year she did reflections and her, her poem got recognized in some way, shape, or form. And it made her feel really good. It started to it, – it gave – yeah, it was nice. Good job, uh, That was last daughter. year. And so it gave her some sense of, oh, this is something that – I is, can do this. That I can do this. And it gave her that sense. So this year when reflections came around, again – my youngest daughter watched my middle daughter do something kind of interesting, yeah. right? And so my youngest daughter's like, I think I'm going to write a poem this year. Yeah. Well, innocent enough, you know, because she's only you only know what you see yep. for a while at least. And my middle daughter was was able to talk to me about that's challenging for me. And again, she used her own language. She didn't say it in that way. But she felt as if poetry writing was hers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that my younger daughter needed to find something of her own. Yeah. Go blow, man. This so, is my thing. So here's what we need to understand. Neither of them are right and neither of them are wrong. I think a lot of times we would approach that situation and go, oh, that is – we're going to do one extreme or another. That is no big deal. You need to not be that way. Why would you think that? You need to learn how to share what's wrong with you. So we would shame mm -hmm. the person who has that feeling or we'd go to the other extreme and we'd actually tell our younger daughter, you can't write a poem. Right. And I think that, that <laughs> most parents would have approached it the way you originally – the first way you said it, so which is, hey, this isn't yours. Anybody can write poetry and how dare you even bother thinking that you're the only one in this family that has the ability to do such a thing. And we would call entitlement and we would say I'm teaching them a life lesson and we would justify mm -hmm. and rationalize why we would treat them that way and here's the thing we need to understand my daughter having those feelings because her her identity is right now in the process of being shaped makes total sense to me and that doesn't mean that we don't need to talk through it or that she doesn't need to see things from different perspectives but to shame her about feeling that way 
doesn't benefit anybody. And the discussion she and I had was first just the acknowledgement of, I totally get it. Mm-hmm. This is something that made you feel shiny special, yeah. and special. And if if the other one does it, then I'm going to be less special. Exactly. All this, you know, think about what any child, especially a middle child, is trying to do. Differentiate. Yeah. Not necessarily win or be better than, even though sometimes that can show up in families too, but differentiate. What is it about me that right. makes me me? This is what identity formation is. Right. And my oldest is trying to do that. My youngest is, they all are. Yeah, it's a healthy thing for her to right. be protective over her thing. Right. But and that doesn't mean that we allow it. We have to help her understand well, it. We allow it but then give it different form. Okay. Like, do you know what I mean? A lot, because when you say it doesn't mean we won't, we will allow it means that we would say to her, you can't well, feel that and way. Well, and I think the thing I was going to say is it, it's for us to say, oh, how could you ever think that? Right. It's completely normal to think that way because we as adults think that way. All the time. And maybe we'll have some examples of that as well. Yes. And I'm going to get into that so we can see that from an adult perspective. But first, staying on the girls, I wanted her, I, th- we had such a valuable discussion, more than one, about I understand how you're feeling, I get it, I felt the same way. And mm-hmm. that's the self-understanding piece, the parent, right. because if I hadn't acknowledged that in myself, if I would have shamed that piece of myself, yeah. I would never have been able to tell her how normal and typical that is. So that's why Todd and I were saying that the best predictor of a child's well-being is a parent's self-understanding. If the parent has no understanding of that in themselves, there's no way there's that no they would be able to um, grant this daughter the permission to feel that way. Beautiful. That was beautiful. Thank you. Good. Um, So what I told her, so then everyone's like, well, you're probably thinking, well, what do you say? You say, I get it. You also say, let me give you some different ways to look at this. You know, broaden the idea of writing poetry, meaning there are many people out there who write poetry. There's haikus. There's haikus. There's sonnets. That's right. Um, And not only that, but even if they wrote a poem exactly in the same style of yours and exactly with a, about the same topic, it would never be like yours. Right. And this is where we teach our children individuality. This is where we teach them the sense that um, specialness, not special meaning above other people, but that you have something right. that nobody else is ever, you, you know, it's the snowflake idea. There is something about the way you're going to do something that is going to be completely different from anybody else. Right. And and again, I'm not saying she was like, oh, good, thanks, and walked away completely okay about it. But it started that conversation of your desire to stop other people from doing things so you can remain special mm-hmm. is unnecessary. Right. All you do is need to focus on what you have to give, and you will see that there is space for all people. Right. And that is a really valuable conversation because a lot of people look at the world as a pie – And if somebody takes a piece of that pie, then there's not as much left. Mm -hmm. The the best way we can help our kids understand the world, universe, you know, people, is that there is no pie. It's limitless. It's abundant. There is a place for all of us. There is an expression that we all have that is unique. There is something. And again, when I'm saying this, I don't. It's I'm not connecting it to your traditional understanding of success or fame. I have no way to know. Uh, you know, how that'll show up in my children's lives or if it will. But what I'm trying to help her understand is value 
what you have to offer and worry less about stopping other people from sharing what they have. Right. Well, and I, what I was going to say is, um, you know, you are reading that book. I don't know if you want to bring up the book that you read yesterday, but inclusiveness, inclusiveness, inclusiveness. as opposed to exclusiveness. So our middle daughter would be like, no, poetry is mine. Right. What we're trying to do is guide our kids and ourselves <clears throat> to be one of acceptance and an inclusivity right. with anything that happens to show up. Right. So, and But in that same vein, respecting that they are human beings and they have feelings and fears. Yeah. And so I'm in no way saying you don't have a right to feel this way. I'm saying I know why you feel this way, but here's a tool that helps you alleviate and that the fear. the only way to get to that tool is if at first you tell her that it's okay to have that feeling. And that not only is it okay, but I have it too. If you hop over that, then you're done. You're done. There's no way that they're going to listen or engage or even have an understanding of it. If a, if a human being, child or adult, does not feel heard and understood first, then it just becomes a lecture. Yep. Because if you do not look at someone and say... Maybe I haven't had the exact same experience, but I get it. I know that feeling of fear. I know that feeling of pain, and I'm right there with you. Here's a tool that I've used. Then it has the possibility to be heard right. because you've you've acknowledged them as a human. Right. And so this is not the first time this has come up with my children. Um, that is just the most recent example. And how did it end? She kind of just stopped. She just kind of. Stop talking about it, meaning that not shut down, but there was not as much concern or worry. And ironically, interestingly, my youngest daughter didn't even do the poem. Like right. That didn't end up being something she wanted to do. But now let's look. We got to take it over to our youngest daughter for a second. Okay. It totally makes sense why she would want to write a poem. She watched her sister be successful. That is now in her frame of reference of something she can do right. to have a successful experience. Not only that, we look up to our big sisters. Right. I want to be like you. So for me to shut down my younger daughter and say, stop doing that. You're making her uncomfortable. No, mm -hmm. honey, I get why you want to write a poem. You know, I was the little sister in my home. So did you have that. this conversation with both of them yeah. together at the same time? No. No, huh? Oh, separate. Separate. Got and it. over, and it wasn't even like, okay, now we need to have a discussion. No, it's like randomly while randomly. you're eating dinner or it was fluid having and, a snack. Yeah, and it was over time. Like Cameron's was a little more in depth, where um, you know my Skylar's was a little more like, oh, I get it, yeah. I get it, but also know that there are many things you can do. Yeah, that is one thing, and right. that's where your sister did. But there are many things. But if she still chose that, you know. That would be her prerogative. My, uh, I have a very serious childhood example about this. I know the example because I, I think you shared this. Which one? The coat. The blue jacket. Uh, the blue jacket. You've shared it, but yeah. not on the show maybe, but with the girls. Well, I was, whatever, 10 and my brother was 12 and we went to Burlington Coat Factory mm -hmm. in Niles, Illinois. Mm -hmm. And my brother found the sweet navy blue ski coat jacket thing. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, <laughs> um, I saw that. I'm like, oh, that looks pretty slick. And But John really loved this coat. And I said, well, I love a, this coat too, and it's in my size, so I want this one too. Wow. Brother, not so happy. And doesn't that totally make sense from both sides? Yes. I want to be like you. I like this too. And isn't this cool? And he's like, oh, my God. There's no way I'm coat. going to school wearing the same coat as you. Right. Guess what happened? He, he stopped wearing the coat. No. I think he did, he just was mad for a while. Oh, he got over it? What I meant is my mom said, he, Todd likes his coat. He's getting the coat. Yeah. 
Sorry, John, if you want to pick another coat, go ahead. But and then I probably would switch if he'd pick a different coat. Exactly. Yeah. And, and that's the thing as a parent, it's one, it, we don't always have to solve the problem, but acknowledge where everybody's coming from. And in that moment, that's a hard space to be in. I'm not saying that it's always that simple because sometimes we just want to get out of the store or sometimes we're just like, oh, this isn't a big deal in life. But for the kids, it is a big deal oh, yeah. in life. We have to meet them where they are and, and maybe gently encourage, you know, it, maybe there is a way like he can have this coat. Are there any other coats you like? Yeah. You know, there there's a way. It's not that we can't offer those as possibilities. It's that we have to be able to acknowledge that what you desire and what John desire desires is okay. Right. That the way you feel is okay. And then let's take it from there. I happen to think that I look better in that blue coat. I'm by sure the way. you did. You should take a picture in a blue coat and, and send it to John. And, John, I think John got made fun of more about it than I did, which is kind of funny. And that's the thing is sometimes he knows whatever age he was at the time that this is not just going to be a problem for him in an identity way like, you know, it's not my coat anymore. He knew there could be repercussions. Oh, yeah. And that's... He didn't want to get made fun of by his buddies. Exactly. And he did. And that's the heart. We have to respect that So should I apologize right now on the air? Not that my brother listens to the show, but... Well, why don't you go ahead? Sorry about that. Sorry, John. I just wanted to be like you. I know. Sorry for wanting to be like you. Jeez. <laughs> see, and that's how a kid would, you know. Do you see how we... But I, would, I never would have said that. I'm like, no, I, I happen to like this coat, which is total BS. I just want to be like my big brother. Of course. And and as a parent... And Skylar wants to be like Cameron. Exactly. And, and it totally makes sense. And we look at it from the surface level of you're being difficult. or And we have to understand that these are how... This is how identity is shaped Mm -hmm. and that if our identity can be expansive, meaning that we understand that what we have is valuable no matter what, no matter who else is doing it, that, you know, like, well, are you going to say something? Because I wanted to go into the adult example of this. It's an entirely different kind of flying. Altogether. (laughs) It's an entirely different different kind of flying. Um, our second partner is uh, Dr. John Kelly, and he does many things, just like general dentistry stuff, but he also uh, has a team of uh, people that support him with sleep disorders. So if you happen to have a child that has some sleeping issues, I uh, request that you reach out to Dr. John Kelly, and his website is chicagodentistonline.com, so check him out on that. So what were you going to Okay, go? so I was going to say that I could bring up many different experiences in my life where I felt that I was either felt overshadowed or felt that my identity was at risk. And again, the whole idea of your identity being at risk is also false, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't mean that you don't feel it. Right. Okay. So I'm not saying, oh, yes, let me just tell my story rather than than be so general. So about four or five years ago, I think I've shared this on the show, but it's, I'm going to do it again. Todd decided to start doing yoga. Was it four or five years ago? Was probably, it longer? Probably more than that. Yeah. So I've been doing yoga about, I don't know, 17 years, something like that. And I became a yoga teacher and it was a big part of um, who I thought myself to be. Okay. And Todd started doing yoga actually at my 
studio re request. Oh yeah, you asked. Yes, I said, will you please come do Get partner work with me? Yeah, but not. It was interesting because I wasn't saying you should do it because I want you to feel better. I said, will you come with me because I need a partner? And you didn't want to be partners with the sweaty other guys that are. I didn't. I wanted. I was like, it would be much more low key if you would just come with me and we could do the partner work. So my reason for even asking you to be a part was, you know, it, it was not about you need to do this. Yeah. Well, of course. Yoga is one of those things, man. You never you never regret going to yoga. I got the bug. And Todd, and that was great, and it was all good. But then there was a night, and I, I remember it like it was yesterday. I know exactly where I was standing. And Todd said something to the effect of, you know, what, what are we doing today because I need to go to yoga tonight. And there was something about the way he said it that all of a sudden it was his. Right. Like I was going to not go to yoga that day because he needed to go to yoga. And there was some way – it could have been the mood I was in. There were so many things that could have been going on with me where I felt small in already. Like I brought smallness to the table. Right. But I looked at him and I was upset and I said, "You, I feel like you're taking this from me. And, and maybe some of it had to do with um, availability like – we had little kids at the time and maybe it was like, hey, this is more important to me than it is to you. So I'm going to go, which would prevent your ability from going. There, Yeah, that's the thing is there's that, many, there's logistical pieces. To it. There's some logistical pieces, but to be honest, it was a little more dark than that, okay. meaning that it wasn't coming from, I, see, I could have played the card of you're just not around enough, right. but that wouldn't have been the truth. Right. Because the truth was, I felt like you were taking a piece of me mm -hmm. that was meaningful, which again, everybody, so you know, I know that's not, that's not truly what I believe in my heart, but yeah. my head was telling me right. that. You were in a place of ego. I was because there's many parts of yoga or th this work that Todd and I now do together that has always kind of shaped who I am, um, that has always kind of helped me understand myself better and um, feel, have my feet on the ground. And there are times when my feet get, I they get kicked out from under me because people start to, you know, talk about yoga or consciousness or it's it becomes everybody's, yeah. which it should be. But there's, you have to like, you know, that human element of, you know, this is no longer mine, mm -hmm. it's everybody's. And that takes some work. Mm -hmm. Like that takes some really deep kind of, you know, digging in myself to be like, what's this all about? And the truth is, is this just fear? Well, like, and uh, to uh, kind of further the story, I continue to follow your lead in a lot of things that you have done. You do a women's circle. I model my men's group with your women's circle. And now we're doing this conference together. So this world that you used to have unto your own, I've kind of jumped on board with. And the way you explained it to me when we were having these discussions was, imagine if I decided to work for JVI. Right. Which is my That's what Todd has real been doing for 21 years. Yeah. And then all of a sudden I started, you know, being good at it and people liked me and succeeding. How would you feel? And that was a little bit of an insight because before you used that example, I didn't quite understand what you were talking mm -hmm. about. And then when I heard that, like if the tables were completely switched, then yes, I think my identification with this is who I am would be lessened as a result. It would just be, it would like, you know, peel away. It's, it, I just see it more visual than I can with words. But the bottom line is 
what we got out of that discussion and me being able to share that kind of dark part of me, and I'm using the word dark meaning that it was kind of a shadowy, yeah. it, because it came from a deeper place from childhood, which is, do you see me? Do you hear me? Right. And if you start doing this, will people see me and hear me? Yeah. And it really wasn't truth in the moment, because when I was in a good, open-hearted place, there is nowhere else I want you to be but us doing this together. Right. And But in that more shadowy, um, less acknowledged place, I felt slighted. So, and here's the trick. Here's the key. You had the self-awareness and the confidence in our marriage and our relationship to be able to say these things. Right. Which is not that easy to do. No, gosh, no. Instead, you would probably, or somebody else in your position, might internalize it and starting start feeling shameful about it and never bring it up. The way that you were able to process through that was to bring it up to me. Right. And then me, as your partner, has to be willing to listen to what it is Hear that you it. have to say instead of saying, you're crazy. You know, you don't own yoga. You don't, under, you don't own teaching parents. Right. And I had to have a compassionate ear. Right. So there's a lot of things that need to be in place for this to be a help, because this could trigger and you move in another direction, all of a sudden you're fighting about something that you didn't even think you were fighting about, and you say, well, how did I get here? Right. So there's a lot of little pieces that end up becoming huge to, because the only way for you to kind of go through that whole scenario is to be able to bring it up, to talk about it, to have somebody listen to it with a compassionate ear, and then let it dissipate. Exactly. And do you know who I really did that for? And this is going to sound really uh, funny, but is my inner child. Mm -hmm. Because my child, for whatever reason, couldn't say that, maybe the way that my daughters now say it. Because it would have been, and, and I'm not even just talking about that my parents couldn't hear it, but nobody, we just didn't have, we didn't have... I think words you're... to understand these things. We didn't talk about consciousness and emotions. And so I would just, are you making me back up? Yeah. Um, I know what you mean by inner child, but I have a feeling a lot of other people don't know what you mean by that. What I mean is that a lot of the fear that I am exhibiting right now in present time began when I was very little and that that child who felt the things that my children were expressing and that I was feeling in that moment with you had no way to express that without being guilted or shamed or made to feel selfish or because that's just, we would say everything was about be kind. Everything is about share. Everything is about, you know, be selfless, mm -hmm. um, you know, put others first, especially from a woman perspective yeah. or a girl perspective. And when you when and my generation definitely grew up that way, there was nowhere to share that piece. And then that becomes something else. It become it morphs into maybe um not being fully accepting of other people or judging other people or thinking that you don't have something valuable or that you are smaller than others. It morphs into something unless you can express it in its purest form. Well, and I, don't, I hope that I'm not going off a tangent here, but basically what you were feeling in that moment when I started doing yoga that day was you're like, well, who am I if I'm not a yoga teacher and, and all that? But I think what you what happened was your adult person had to speak on behalf, behalf of, of your child. inner child. Exactly. But your adult person didn't bring up, I'm not enough. Your adult person said, hey, man, yoga's 
something very near and dear to my heart. And if you all of a sudden decide to invade that world. So the adult person had to use the adult language, but really it was just communicating a deeper message that was much more simple than anything about yoga. The question, the real feeling, the childlike thing that I was thinking is if you do this, what's special about me now? Yes. And there's no way, like if you would have started with that to me, right? I'd been like, you're a loony. What are you right. talking about? And here's what evolved from it, you guys, because for those of you that are cringing, like, oh my God, I couldn't say that out loud, or mm-hmm. I can't believe you felt that, Kathy, or I can't believe you brought it up. It What created was more openness. What was created was the fact that now that is a thing I've taken off my list of worries. It's not something that I experience at all anymore with Todd going to yoga. Like Todd has a whole mm-hmm. world of his own where he was, he's been going to yoga and Pilates and doing Mm. all these things. And he does his mankind project and all these things that maybe stemmed from things. You were the, you were the seed for that to happen. But now he is his own tree. Right. And now it has nothing to do with me. And I mean that in the best way, meaning now I can support him from a place of authenticity rather than a place of fear. And I hope he doesn't get too successful. I mean, what the hell's that? Mm -hmm. But that is a part of the human ego. Yeah. That when I say, what the hell's that? That even sounds shaming. Right. But the truth is, is that's what egos do. Egos say, what makes me special? Mm-hmm. What makes me, what gives me my identity? And what we have to do is understand where that's coming from, because that's survival. Yep. That from its basic origination, yep. that was survival. But now in this place and time, what do I really want in this experience with you? Do I want to focus on my survival mechanisms that I don't really need? Mm-hmm. Or do I want to find a connection? And do I want, and I want to both of us have this ability to expand in our own ways. Well, and that's what's interesting is I, I don't remember exactly what the Thich Nhat quote is, or maybe it's Gibran, just the idea of, you know, you and I, our lives intersect probably more so than the traditional marriage mm-hmm. just because of the podcast together, yeah. and everything else. But you and I do a lot of heavy lifting with the idea of, hey, I am my own tree mm-hmm. and learning to sprout myself and you have your own thing that you work on. And the only way for our marriage to be healthy is to have this idea of separateness. And a lot of people be like, well, what are you talking about separateness? You guys are completely enmeshed and together. No. And that's when it becomes unhealthy, when there right. is an enmeshment. Right. Uh, we were just talking about that word enmeshment because that's a clinical word. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times people are like, oh, we're so enmeshed, like it's a good thing. No. Right. Because enmeshment means you can't figure out where you begin and end. Right. It's actually a clinical word when talking about family therapy or um, you know family systems is it means that it's too interconnected where people can't differentiate themselves. Right. And so that is not healthy. Mm-hmm. Being connected and loving is healthy, but we can stand... Are you pulling up the Gibran? I am. Um, good. I so it's from the prophet, um, this poem that Todd's going to pull up. But what he's talking about in this poem that's so eloquent is... Right, that we, I got it. Okay, go ahead. But let there be spaces in your togetherness and let the winds of the heavens dance between you. Love one another, but make not a bond of love. Let it rather be a moving sea between the shores of your souls. Is that the one? And it also says something about pillars. Yeah, I can't find that one. Um, Because, well, just look for the whole thing. Look for um, the prophet on marriage, because that's what it, that's the the passage. You probably just got a quote from it. Um, But the whole point. Oh, yeah, I stopped early. Uh, Fill each other's cup, but drink not from one cup. Give one another of your bread, but eat not from the same loaf. Sing and dance together and be joyous, but let each one of you be alone. Even as the strings of a lute are alone through they 
though they quiver with the same music. Give your hearts, but not into each other's keeping, for only the hand of life can contain your hearts. And stand together, yet not too near together, for the pillars of the temple stand apart, and the oak tree and the cypress grow not in each other's shadow. I actually read that at Women's Circle on Thursday night. Did you really? Mm-hmm, I did. Yeah, that's because something we were, special. We were talking about the importance of selfhood and separateness. And separateness does not mean pulling away. Separate means having your own sense of self so then you can give yourself fully and wholly mm-hmm. to other people in relationship. But if you if I go toward you and say you need to make me whole, then I am not my own tree. Right. And that doesn't mean, though, that when I am falling over, that I don't need your support. Yep. One of the things I said to Todd, we had a deep talk last week. It's a whole nother podcast, but a long, <laughs> a long story because I needed a little uh, support. My, my dad has been um, in the hospital and in rehab, and Todd's had to travel a lot, and I've really been feeling his distance. And I was able to say to him, when I am really, and this was, I got this from Brene Brown, so give credit where credit's due. When I am drowning, drowning, mm-hmm. I need you to pull, put your hand in the water and pull me out. Right. I don't need you to do that every day, all the time. But when I am overwhelmed, mm-hmm. please don't just stand by and watch me flail. Right. And a lot of times Todd does the, um, he's wanting to support me, but he doesn't know exactly what to do. So he kind of just I'm paralyzed. Yeah. And I'm like, please put your hand out and ask me. And so, you know, again, separateness doesn't mean we never need each other. Yeah. There are times I need. Tricky balance. Uh, it's a tricky balance. But I think the reason that the neediness hopefully doesn't become um, like suffocating is because it's not all the time. Right. Does that make sense? It does. Okay. I wanted to give one more example of this identity thing. Um, Did you have any more... um... Movie quotes from Airplane? (laughs) So this is the part where Robert Stack is like the airplane is successfully landed and he's talking to uh, Stryker on the other side, but actually I think he stopped listening. Okay. Like he already walked out. He's just talking. So that's the part. So this is at the very end of the movie. (laughs) I always like to fall in the mud and get kicked in the head by an iron boot. Of course you don't. No one does. It never happens. Sorry, Ted. It's a dumb question. Skip that. <laughs> I used to say that all the time. You know what it's like? Oh, get kicked in the head with an iron boot. Of course not. Nobody has. <laughs> oh, God. I used to say that all the time in high school. Okay. So um, the last thing I wanted to talk about is also in terms of, again, this identity issue and how this has shown up in terms of um, my dad, who is rehabbing and is is moving along very nicely. But it also takes a lot of time as a family to make sure that he's moving along nicely. And the person that does the most heavy lifting is my mother. And my mom is, you know, helps him and is, is a caregiver in that way. And what we have to understand in that time is that she needs as much support as he needs support. It's easy to garner all the attention towards your dad because he's the one in the hospital and your mom is the one holding this whole thing up. Exactly. And when I reach out, as I just did right before the show started, to say, how's the dad doing today? Because I'm going tomorrow. The the question I have is, how are you? Yeah. And how is dad? Because they both need and, – and see, a lot of us would say, well, she's not the one who's you know having the hard time. It's him. Mm-hmm. Or And I'm even going to take a step back and say, I need support right. so I can support 
her, mm -hmm. and him. Right. And these are, a lot of times we get very, um, this whole caregiving thing, we get very focused on what's selfish and what's not selfish. And we need to put our full selves, you know, toward the person who's struggling. And while there are times that that needs to happen, right. we simultaneously have to invest time and energy and ask for help for ourselves so we can then help the person who's in more need than us. And I know a lot of you are caregivers and a lot of you are um, obviously caregivers to your children, of course, but you're in that middle place where you're maybe supporting your parents in some way too. And, you know, Todd and I are obviously in that place right now as well. And you have to have a respect for yourself of how much time and energy that takes and that you have to Give to yourself in some way, if it's asking for help or taking a day off or, you know, whatever you need to maintain that middle place role. Mm. Because if you just go, go, go till you get burned out, then you are not helping anybody and people need you. And just that word need can drive us into anxiety. And I hope that instead you can say people need me, therefore I'm going to love and take care of myself. Okay. What are you doing? Oh. <laughs> Thank you for that late applause. Um, okay. Um, iTunes reviews. Ready? I am ready. We got three of them. Okay. Thanks, you iTunes reviewers. Yes. Um, this was by 66VC66. Great parenting resource. I am a first-time mother of twins, wife, and have a demanding career. Yikes, this lady's That's busy, got yeah. a full plate. Mm -hmm. You're the only podcast that I listen to and I look forward to every week. You're both sweeties. Oh, thanks, sweetie. Thank you. Uh, this one is by Maria. Much needed conversation. She's a new listener and in the world of education and parenting as a former teacher and children's book author. Zen Parenting offers conversations that need to be had. Discussions we can no longer ignore in our families. Oh, I agree. What a great, what a great uh, comment. Thank I love you. that they are providing valuable content for listeners while at the same time giving us a few different perspectives. And then lastly is Smiles Rock. I learned about your podcast when I was trying. You already did this one. I did? Because mm -hmm, we said we loved that uh, Smiles Rock. Remember? Um, what about, yeah, I think I said all three of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, love it. By Sacred Every Day. Oh, it doesn't show up because she's from Canada. Ah. She's a Canuck. But she says she's been listening to Zen Parenting Radio for a few weeks and she loves it. I always come away with a small and sometimes big piece of knowledge or inspiration. It's engaging, funny, and real. I just finished the episode of Teenagers with Dr. Duffy and I absolutely love the positive tone of the whole show. Oh, thank you. He is the best. We love Dr. Duffy too. Um, and REI. Oh, let's hear it. So you know this, and maybe some of our listeners do. Um, I can't stand the Black Friday thing. Yeah. The just consumerism. And believe me, I'm on Amazon Prime all the time. So I am talking to myself. Um, just the whole shopping, materialistic thing about Christmas. Mm -hmm. We should actually post that uh, IKEA video. Mm -hmm. But anyways, uh, REI is closing its stores on Friday after Thanksgiving. Mm. And hopefully inspiring people to not go shopping and instead to go go to nature. Yeah, and I think a few other people followed them. I also saw that... And from a business model standpoint, it's like suicide. Yeah. Why would you do that on the busiest day of the year? And the reason they're doing it is because it's the right thing to do. They're also getting some pretty positive PR out of it. And I'm more than happy to uh, endorse REI um, 
because they get it. Well, and here's a quote that um, Kim Jordan, who is the um, former CEO of New Belgium Brewery, who I saw a couple about a month ago when I was at a conference, one of her quotes, and this may not be verbatim, but it's as close as I can probably get right now, was our leaders have to practice what's most important. And if our leaders practice that, then we all follow suit. And when I say leaders, I mean leaders of the family, leaders of organizations, leaders of companies. Most of the time, we don't practice what's most important. We practice what is most financially, you know, above and beyond, which again, I I know that that has its own intricacies, meaning we're, you know, beholden to, uh, what is it called? The the group. <laughs> what are the people? The stockholders. Like we be shareholders. The, shareholders. the group. The group. I, I, you call them the group, but that's fine. <laughs> well, we start to, our job starts to depend on what a number looks like on a number sheet. Short-term versus long-term investing. A lot exactly. of people make their decisions based on the next quarter's earnings. And companies that are amazing, like Costco, they look at it like, how is this going to affect our company 10 years from now? And my people. How is this going to affect my people? Oh, and they Costco is uh, unbelievably, uh, they're like highest of all the big employers out there as far as do their retainage of their employees. Yes. They take care. Their number one asset is not their customers. They said this. Right. It's, their, it's their employees. That's right. Because they understand if they take care of their employees, their employees take care of their customers. And that's what this is, the show is all about. Like if you take care of yourself and if you are connected and thoughtful with the people in your family, they will go out in the world and do great things. And that's what our audience does for us. You do. Thank you very, very much. They tell their neighbors. I know. I know. These two are a little weird, but they get it. They're sweeties. These two get it. Yes. That's what you tell people. Famous (laughs) iTunes review by Todd (laughs) Adams. We didn't have any iTunes reviews, so I submitted the first one. Five years ago, Todd did the first iTunes review, and he said- These two get it. These two get it, and then you could tell that it was from Todd. (laughs) Yeah. I forgot to hide my name. (laughs) That was great. Um, Avid Company is our last partner, painting and remodeling throughout the Chicagoland area, 630-956-1800. He does kitchens. Don't forget. He did. He did ours. Jeremy's a bald-headed beauty. I just saw him last week. uh, Is he still bald? He's still bald. He'll be bald until he's he's no longer with us. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. And anything else that we want to talk about? Um, just get you know get your get registered for the sex talk tonight and get your tickets for the hunting ground because once we get through this, we're in our biggest our next big event is the, the conference. conference in March. So come see us this yeah. month because this is it. We got to focus our energy from here on out on the conference. So. So get this in. What about the uh, Alanis Morissette thing? So I asked Todd if he would pull up a song um, for the end of the show that I've always really loved, but I just, I happened to hear it in the car on my way home. And I was thinking about how it speaks so much to what we're talking about on the show. And the song is called Everything. And it's about how when we love each other, we see each other's darkness and we see each other's challenges, but we also see each other's light. And we understand that a whole person has both. And that if we can acknowledge both and talk about both, then it keeps us together. And so I asked Todd to um, to play it. To so close we're going to play show. it for about thirty seconds because I think more than that, she could sue us, even though she doesn't seem like the type no, of person to she sue. Wouldn't. I think that this is all. And good. then we'll do our closing little promotional thing. So listen in all the way to the end if you want to help us out. And so, have a great week. And keep trucking. I 
That's our show, friends. We hope you felt outstanding. And if you want to continue feeling this outstanding, go to zenparentingradio.com and subscribe to the podcast. You can also subscribe via iTunes, and while you're there, feel free to give us a kind review. You can email us at comments at zenparentingradio.com, or you can record a voicemail by clicking on the Send Us a Voice Message link on our homepage with comments or questions. Don't forget, our Zen Parenting Conference is on March 11th and 12th, 2016. For more details, go to zengetsreal.com. If you're interested in any of Kathy's three award-winning books, you can purchase through our website or through Amazon. We also do local presentations, virtual retreats, and movie screenings, which can be found by clicking on the events tab on our webpage. If you ever shop via Amazon, you can help us out by first going through the Amazon link on our homepage. It doesn't cost anything to you, but we get a small commission from Amazon. If you're interested in the Tribe, the monthly men's group that I co-facilitate, you can go to thetribemensgroup.com for more details. Lastly, and most importantly, a special thanks to our three partners, Avid Company, Tree of Life Chiropractic Care, and John J. Kelly Dentistry. If you own a business and are interested in partnering with us, please send me an email at comments at zenparentingradio.com. Finally, we're grateful for your support and encouragement. We only ask that you give the same to yourself and the people you love most. Until next time.